Time traveling is just too dangerous. Better that I devote myself to studying the other great history of the universe. Hello and welcome to Unequal Sequel. My name is Dave and I'm one of the two hosts of this bewitching podcast. And I'm Rich and I'm the other host of this bewitching podcast. Think of me as Rosemary and Dave as her baby. I'm not sure if my neighbours are witches and he might be the son of the devil. <laughs> yes, I am. The premise of Unequal Sequel is very simple. We ask our guests their best ever sequel, worst ever sequel and finally their dream sequel. And of course, we often drift off course and talk about other things, sometimes movies, sometimes life in general. It's fun. We also have to point out we do love to drop big fat spoilers because we talk about movies and we go into depth. So if we mention a film you haven't seen and you don't want it ruined, just press stop, press the little flick forward button, wherever it is, go do your stamp collecting, come back and it will all be okay. Because on today's episode, we are joined by Tom Davis. Tom Davis is a brilliant podcaster. Uh, you might know him from his mental health-based podcast, Proper Mental. Uh, he was nominated for the British Podcast Awards this year, and he's also been nominated for the Men's Health Pod of the Year this year too. It's a brilliant podcast. Tom is a fantastic guy. We really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, we're very excited to sit down with Tom and discuss all things sequels with him. These are Tom Davis's Unequal Sequels. Enjoy. Can you remember the first ex- sequel you were getting excited about? I can. Yeah, I can. For me, it was Gremlins 2. Oh, nice. And Yeah, yeah. And I remember going in the summer holidays. It was always my, with any sort of cinema trips when I, was, when I was a kid. It was always like it only happened once in the summer holidays and that was it. It was like a one a year thing, maybe a Christmas one. But yeah. it was only it was a one off thing. So it was always a massive deal. And I, yeah, I remember... Gremlins 2, going with all my cousins in the summer holiday and being very excited about it. But also a little bit nervous because Gremlins 1, when you're a kid, is quite scary, right? Like very. it's mm, yeah. yeah. And I remember really wanting to see this film, but also thinking like, oh my God, what if I'm like trapped in the cinema getting petrified for an hour and a half? Uh, which probably added to the excitement and the nerves going in. Um, but it's, yeah, the second one's a lot a lot tamer, isn't it? It's much more sort of aimed at Cartoon-y. the family. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was um, that was probably the first one. And then I was thinking, like after that, most of my memories of getting excited about sequels were being let down by them. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, going through, going through, and which is weird, really, because I I love a sequel and I love a trilogy even more. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm here for it. I think they're great, but when I really think about it there was there's just so many times I've been kind of let down and it's like why do I say that I love sequels because you know there's there's as many bad ones as there is good ones I think so even uh, when you were young I think so yeah I think so I think the beauty when I was young of like discovering sequels is like quite often when you're young you don't know that there's a sequel right so if Mm. I wasn't seeing it if it if it had come out before my time or if I hadn't seen it on the television show the Saturday morning you know the film show chart thing or whatever it was You'd be in the video shop and just be like, oh, I didn't know there was a second one. And when you're younger, you also don't know that a lot of second ones like 
aren't very good or have absolutely nothing to do with the first one but that's that's probably my early member of, of um, early memory of sequels is being in video shops and going oh my god there's a rocky 2 i had no idea and you know just <laughs> excitingly like taking it home and so rather than anything that coming out ahead of time is you know discovering ones that were already yeah. out especially the disney uh, straight to video sequels and i thought oh my god aladdin 2 is going to be amazing or pocahontas 2 <laughs> yeah. and then it just not being at all yeah i think i do think there's rules like unofficial rules or oh, my own rules for Gone. sequels and well i just oh, yeah. i just don't like rules i don't count anything like like you just mentioned there anything that's just like a cash in remake you know anything where there's not like the original cast involved in some way or anything where they've just basically pinched a name and just made something until i was doing a bit of like reading up to to come on this i had no idea there was a kindergarten cop too i had no idea that existed and there you go i mean that doesn't need to exist i can't see why there's any why why do people think these are a good idea you know and the money uh, well yeah can it have made that much i mean would that have made yeah, I suppose it depends on where. If it was like, um, what's the uh, what's the movie where they got all the? There's loads of them, and they get all the famous old actors in the the Stallone. Oh, Expendables! I started Expendables. watching that again last night. Me and my missus watched the first one again. And, uh, yeah, I mean they're first all right. one's quite fun, and yeah, there's steady decline from there, right? Yeah, <laughs> but I suppose like like that kind of like Dolph kind of came back into popular consensus with yes, those did. didn't he and then obviously creed 2 and stuff like that so i suppose with him in kindergarten cop 2 it depends whether that was before or after expendables over how much money they would have made. i can't imagine many people were saying oh, kindergarten cop 2 i love it i i haven't seen it but i imagine it's just exactly the same as kindergarten cop 1 he's an undercover police officer who's trying to find one of the parents who's a bad person I, mm. I would guess yeah i would guess and it it probably won't have any of the the fun the, the thing about the good thing about kindergarten cop is arnie's one-liners basically isn't it like that's what everyone remembers like who is your daddy and what does he do <laughs> it's not a tumor <laughs> they won't have any of that <laughs> yeah, that's it it's the novelty version of of arnie there's it, arnie can get away with a lot can't he because like you just kind of i don't know he's so important to so many people's childhoods and f- love of films mm. growing up you, you know he can put a foot wrong and you kind of you can watch an awful film but still really enjoy arnie in an awful arnie mm. film and there's something yeah, quite true. quite special about that i think i was trying to think of bad arnold schwarzenegger films there and even his bad ones are quite good compared to other people's films mm. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and there's always that benefit of even if you watched it now and thought this it really isn't that good when you were oh. watching them, then it's like this the is the running man awesome. when you're like you know? eleven is literally the best thing. Yeah, that's it, man. That was my uh, that was my jam. Yeah, very much so. I remember blagging my very old granddad to rent Predator for me at quite a young age, and yeah, and my mum would have been like, "No, nah, you're not. You're not. You're not old enough to see that." And then my granddad somehow kind of like just got bombarded into it and coming home from the video shop like I've got Predator this is going to be amazing but um, all that genre of like the the genre of sort of those 80s you know big explosions and cheesy one-liners and that's that's just my youth that's my childhood that's my my film experience and I'll always be uh, I'll always be soft on them no matter what it's just it's just memories isn't it Tom what is your best ever sequel my best ever sequel the one I've gone for is um, Captain America the Winter Soldier solid um yeah mm, yeah choice. i i feel very confident with it to be honest but um it 
I, there's just so many aspects of it that are really, really positive. You know, as a film, it's really good. As a follow-up, it's really good. You know, it's standalone. It's fantastic. I think it allows Marvel from that point to kind of level up and be a bit better. I've got a few ideas about that, but um, I went into it not expecting much at all. I didn't really like mm. the first Captain America film. That's it was fair. kind of like all right-ish. You know, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't um, everything it could have been. And I wasn't overly sold on that first phase, really, up until the Avengers movie when they all came together. That's when I kind of went, right, okay. That's like, I'm on board with this now. I'm, I'm all in. And then I, so I didn't really know what to expect with the Winter Soldier. And I just, I absolutely loved it. I loved the tone of it. I loved that it, it just, it put more depth into Cap, I think, which is what was missing for me in the first, in the first film. It made me care about him. He, he became my favorite Avenger in, in the Winter Soldier. And I, I still stand by that. Still stand by that now. But yeah, there's just loads to like about it. It's like a superhero movie that's not really a superhero movie. Yeah. It's more like a Bourne mm. film or like one of the early Daniel Craig Bond films, you know. Um, to the point where I watched it the other night and it's just before they go for like the big fight towards the end and he nips off and steals that suit from the museum and pops it on. And until that point, he's just been like in a hoodie and jeans and I've just bought into it. I was like, this is amazing. Like, I'm, this is really good. I'm glad I picked it. And then he throws his suit on and it almost spoils it. You almost go, look a bit daft there, mate. You're kind of overdressed. You're doing great in the jeans. You know, he didn't know, he didn't need to put the comic book suit on. That's how much of a sort of like a realistic spy movie it is yeah. rather than a superhero movie. And um, But yeah, I got a real kick out of, of what they did with it, I think. Oh, were you a big Marvel fan going into these films? Did you, are you, did you about read the comics when you were young or just when the movies start coming out going, okay, I'll watch these now? see what the hype's about yeah i'd never read the comics at all um there was a lot of fuss about iron man when that came out that kind of felt like a lot of people were excited for that and I, you know i love a blockbuster i love a summer blockbuster so and you know Iron man i thought it was good you know no more than that i didn't come away thinking like oh i need you know another i need 34 more of these. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it's certainly uh i didn't see that scope to it but it was good it was solid um, and I thought the first Thor, again, solid. It was a good film, but it, I wasn't necessarily, again, I wasn't sold. Yeah, like I say, until they... Mm. I think when, you're, when your main hero is really, is like so big and bright and colourful and all this stuff going on, the bad guy has to be really on it. Yeah, and yeah. The yeah. worst Marvel films, I think, are where they get the bad person wrong. And it, and it doesn't oh, match, yeah. it doesn't fit, it doesn't sit together. Um, and I, that's kind of how I felt. But for the Avengers, it was like, okay, this is big enough now, right? There's, there's a reason for all these people to come together and they're still not the, the brightest, loudest, brashest people on screen. So, okay, I'm okay with this. And that sold it to me. But um, yeah, the change of tone going into Captain America, Winter Soldier, I didn't see that coming at all. I really, really didn't. And yeah, I really liked it. Is it because of the cast? Do you reckon they put better characters along with Captain America so like Scarlett Johansson's Winter uh, not Winter Soldier Black Widow or Nick Fury like Samuel Jackson uh, it just makes it a better film because the, the cast members are better am I being horrible to the original cast here and that <laughs> <laughs> no not at all I'm with you there all the way yeah it certainly adds something to it and I yeah it just got it really like shows more of Cap that I really really like so I'm not like Tony Stark He's got too much ego. He relies too much on money. He's essentially like an arms dealer. And I know that he goes on to make amends for that. But, you know, I'm not really... I'm a working class lad and I'm always going to struggle with like gross displays of wealth. Yeah, I just yeah. think like, you know, you've got this big tower in New York and then there's how many people in New York are living like below the poverty line. Like you could 
stop building weapons and help your local community. So he's always bugged me. And then Thor is like, <laughs> Thor, Thor's a god and, you know, he looks amazing and he's got a cool hammer and lightning and, you know, he's never had any sort of adversity to the point where he goes on to have a bit of a existential crisis. And uh, so I've kind of never really bought into that, but Cap's just a good bloke, isn't he? He's just like, his moral <laughs> compass is so good. And I just, I really respect him for it. He's, he puts himself second to live a, a clear, honest life. And he stands by his values, yeah. you know? And I, I really like that. And they kind of even, in the film with Scarlett Johansson, like, they could have turned that into a bit of a will-they-won't-they they thing. Mm, and I yeah. felt watching it the other night that the way she played it was like she wanted a bit of will-they-won't-they, they, you know? And Cap was like, you just knew he wasn't going to do it. I, I love that. He was not going to compromise their friendship or the mission or her feelings, you know, like he wasn't going to just kind of take advantage of her. And even when there's one bit in the car and she says to him, I mean, this is Scarlett Johansson, as Black Widow says to him, what do you want me to be? And Cap's answer is a friend. That's, I mean, that just sums up what a good man he is, right? You know, like, I just think that's, that's what it's all about. And yeah, I'm, I'm all in on, a lot of people say he's too earnest, don't they? A lot of people don't like that about him, but I'm a firm mm. believer that if something triggers you, it's because it's holding up a mirror and you need to look at yourself and think, why does this make me so angry? Yeah. And I think a lot of people see Captain America and it, he shows the, the shortcuts in their personality. They think, oh, I can never be that good. I'm not that good a person. And I think it bugs them and that's why they don't like it. I think it's, it's, it's oh, great nice. that people can relate to a, a super soldier the most out of that crew. So you've got the man who turns into a big green monster. Like you said, you've got the, the four, the, the Norwegian gods. You've got the Iron Man, the billionaire eccentric guy. And then we just got this guy that, you know, got basically stuck with a needle and now he's super strong. And we're like, oh, yeah, we can relate with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. That's the most relatable one. We'll go with him. Plus, he grows a great beard. He really it's not does. so much Captain America in the movies, but Captain America in the comics, I think, got a general bit of dislike because he's so American. Like he's just like still still firmly believes in one true God, even though he's met three. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know that kind of yeah. so blindingly stars and stripes. Not that doesn't come across so much in the movies, though. He's he's not more palatable in the movies than he is in the comics. Yeah, yeah. it's like a fish out of water thing that kind of works that in the Marvel films. I think that's what why the four film, the first one, is really good, and then why it works mm. in the second one. And also, like you said, this one, the bad guy is actually a decent bad guy. Were you disappointed when they made him good? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. I, I kind of... I, one thing I loved about it, like with the, the Winter Soldier guy, is that he's... I love those films, right? When Because you, you always know the good guy's got to win. Mm. You always know he's got to mm. win. And there's kind of like an unwritten rule, isn't there, where they sort of like... It looks like he might not win, but you kind of know he's going to win. But when like Cap and Bucky are fighting, you do generally think like, he's met his match here. You know, like they could, they could, I could see yeah. a way this film ended where Cap didn't win because he's so, you know, he is so hard and he's, he, compared to the other villains, there isn't that, um, that sort of, I don't know what the, the way it looked, that sort of cartoony vibe to him. He's just a, a nasty piece of work initially, isn't he? And, um, yeah, there's something really like about how, just how tough he is and, um, yeah, how mean he is. And that's exactly what's good about sequels sometimes, especially if it's like the second in a trilogy, because you've got that jeopardy that the good guys might not win. You know, they could put an empire. Yeah. You know, it could have been a case, like they could have done this movie where, you know, they know they've got another one coming. It could have been 
you know, Cap doesn't win. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's potential. That's it. Do you know, um, I was trying to think of other films that do that, you know, who have the bad guy where you think, like, oh, I don't know if they're going to beat th- beat this guy. And the first one that popped to mind, Lethal Weapon 4. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're looking at, like, Jet Li is just this, like, just this kung fu back flipping badass dude and Riggs and Murtar are very still much like the 80s Riggs and Murtar and, and they're, they're old, old <laughs> yeah. and they're getting out of breath yeah. in fight scenes and you're kind of watching it and by this point like I'm all in on Riggs and Murtar like they're you know they're my boys and they're kind of watching it thinking oh you've met your match here lads like well, how are you going to beat this guy he's too fast he's too quick he's too clever and um but that was there that was the average example and but there's very much that in the in the Winter Soldier you're thinking what are you going to do here Cap you know how are you going to do this mm. and not sacrifice that good streak that's the thing isn't it how do you win the right way exactly that yeah the only thing I I wasn't too keen about it is because you kind of think like they're such good mates and like when we came out of lockdown in 2020 and I bumped into a mate in the supermarket and they had long hair and a mask on I still knew it was my mate right (laughs) and there is that kind of thing where the first time he turns up you're like oh come on surely you can see who it is and he's genuinely shocked when he finds out in like the back half of the film that he finds out it's Bucky and you think like oh that's that that to me didn't quite sit but I'm really like Mm. I'm really really picking there but um, yeah, he's a good bad guy, the Winter Soldier, and a good good guy later on. So yeah. you know, we'll take it. We'll what's take your it. What's your favourite scene in this one? Oh, there's a there's a few. I think early when they when he's fighting with the first time he throws the shield and Bucky catches it. Yeah, that's a Stab bit it. of a. He just does that. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's that's good a bit of a moment. Yeah, <laughs> and or you know, like right at the start when he's running around the boat, because I think that's when you know that something different is happening. That's the first mm. time when I kind of thought, oh, okay, they're, they're taking this somewhere I wasn't expecting. Everything's darker. He's got a new suit. The it's suit is as, great as well. Like you were saying it's earlier. It's fantastic. You believe into that suit until he changes into the, the the bright blue costume. Yeah, it's not as comic booky. The fighting's more aggressive. You know, he, he gets a knife and he throws it through someone's hand and you think, okay, this is Captain America stabbing people. We are in new territory here. And then mm. he fights... George St. Pierre, you know, and you believe that as a fight and he's, you know, arguably the greatest mixed martial artist of all time and yeah. you kind of buy the fact that they're fighting and there's a lot about that opening scene that kind of sets the tone for for the rest. That's the moment where you think we're in new territory here. This is something different is going to happen in this movie. So yeah, probably that opening scene running around the boat. That's really cool. It's pretty cool, really isn't cool. It? Are you happy where they where they took Captain after this, America, with the civil civil war story and the the Infinity War and Endgame and how it's ended for him. Do you think he's going to come back at all, Chris Evans, as as that character, or have they officially handed it over to Anthony Mackie now? Are they going to trust Anthony Mackie with the shield? I, I think they've they've trust they've handed it over, haven't they? I, I was really happy. I loved Civil War. I um I thought that was brilliant. I watched that again after watching Winter Soldier at the start of the week for this. I was like, I have to watch Civil War now. Me and yeah, my wife watched them. it last night. Yeah, it's um I loved what they uh where that went. And again, you know, Cap has to double down on that, on the good part of his of his personality, on his on his you know on his beliefs, even if it means mm. losing friends. And I kind of respect that. But yeah, happy with happy with all of it. Happy that he he has to go on the run and he turns up with that amazing beard at just the right time. Um, you know, <laughs> late, later yeah. on, it's just like everything about it is. Uh, his, when he turns up, you instantly just feel a bit better. You know, if you're worried about the Avengers and suddenly Cap turns up, you kind of go like, okay, they're going to be all right. They're going to be all right. And uh, yeah, but I suppose something else that I've noticed through watching them both is that I think 
Cap always has it a little bit tougher than the rest of the Avengers. Like it's always him who gets beaten up and has to take that split second to kind of do an exasperated look or catch a breath before, you know, he's always a little bit behind. He hasn't got a suit or lightning. So whenever anyone's racing to fight, he's always sort of coming back into it after being beaten up. And I think there's something I really like that about him as well, that he's, um, he doesn't have it too easy, but he still manages to get the, get the job done. Yeah. Do you think that Winter Soldier and Civil War that he both kind of loses in both of them? So there is a, a sense of empire a little bit in both of them. Like the second one is the the fall of Shield and Hydra has been there for however long, and then the third one, uh, well, the disbandment of the Avengers, pretty much. Do you feel that he lo- that 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 was two downers in a row, or do you think? Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, when you look at it like that, that's true, isn't it? That's, that's true. That's and... his trilogy. Is that is the. Mm. and and so much of cap's story is him like it is quite sad you know it is quite sad he's like learning to negotiate a different time and you know people that he cares about and no one you know no one knows him people that you know he says about peggy doesn't he she was the only person who who knew him Mm. and um Mm. yeah so the whole his whole story is quite sad really when you when you think about it i suppose that's why there's that nice payoff um at the end of um uh, Endgame, where he, uh, yeah, where we get to see him old, and he's like, yeah, I had a nice life, I'm done, and that's that. You know, he kind of he got a different version of a happy ending, I think. After yeah, he finally yeah. got his happy ending, yeah. and his, yeah. his last dance with Peggy. That's it, because he was forced to live a very lonely existence, right? It must be, yeah, it must be dull, yeah, all the time, and you kind of feel for him, and um, yeah, I think Chris Evans really gets that across. There was a there was a time when I would have been a bit skeptical about him taking me on an emotional ride as an actor, maybe, mm. you know. Um, but I think with with Cap, I kind of he he sold him to me. He really did, yeah. Yeah. So with the with the Marvel films, were you always were you always first into the cinema to see them, or did did you let them linger for a while? Was it a DVD when they came out, kind of thing, or were you there early? We we always go. My wife and I we always go when a new one drops. Ah, yeah, oh, is if, it a date if, night? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, if we can get a sitter, we'll go as soon as they as soon ah, as they amazing. come out. Um, but normally, that we sometimes have to wait a few weeks to get yeah, a sitter, yeah. and you end up seeing it on like the small screen that's tucked in the bottom corner next to the toilets <laughs> at the cinema. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, we do try and go and see all of them, and it's a. I'm surprised that they've not been consistent recently. This new phase is not great, and still, I will, no. I think. I remember going to see the Aven- the Avengers, the first one, and mm. absolutely loving it, and realizing just how big this thing was going to be. And at that time, I would have been around about thirty in my early thirties, and I remember saying to my wife, "Oh, that was amazing, but it's probably going to take him about ten years to wrap this up. I wonder if I'll still give a shit when I'm like forty. Will I still be getting <laughs> excited about superhero films?" And sure enough, I was, and you know, it was a real big deal. The you know how they rounded that up; it was fantastic. But now I'm thinking like, oh. This isn't, that's a long time. I've got, I might have to wait till I'm 50 for this to pay off, you know? And it's like, will yeah. I really give a shit when I'm 50 about what the Avengers are up to? And at the moment, I'm not sure I, not sure I will. Do you think <laughs> there's too much of, like Avengers and Marvel stuff at the moment? They've gone too big on the TV series and the movies, like four movies a year and three TV series and shorts and stuff. Do you think it's, it's, it's overkilling it? I think so, yeah. And it, there's, it feels yeah. like there's a certain of um, like a by numbers rollout, you know. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm done with origin stories. I don't need to see another or for anyone. I'm quite happy for them just to kind of like appear and start <laughs> fighting. In, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I've got no problem with that at all because the origin stories, you know, the first one of any 
um, you know, any like possible trilogies, always quite hard going with some of the new ones. It's like, yeah, we've done this. It looked different and it was in a different place and there was a slightly different angle on it. But essentially we've done it now enough times. And I just, mm. um, maybe it would help if they teased a bit more about what was coming. Because I really have no idea, not knowing much about the comics. I don't yeah, know yeah. where it's going. And going I think- very, uh, what's coming next is very kind of, uh, like universe bending, I would suggest. I think we're going in a direction that's very sort of the the space marvel and the very kind of like, you know, heading into different multiverses and dimensions and things. So it's going to get weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm up for a bit gonna... of weirdness. I'm up for a bit of weirdness. The way it's going is it's going to, yeah, they're going to be melon twisting kind of concepts to understand and, yeah, it, it could get very complicated. I can see that happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would be it would be interesting. But like, I'm like you, I think I'm kind of on that cusp of being a bit fatigued by the whole thing now. Yeah. I, I think they have to slow down a bit, personally. And I I love this. I buy into it every time. Every film, I'm always there, straightforward, because I'm an absolute loser. Um, <laughs> we do a film podcast, Dave. We've kind of got to. They're all sequels now, right? <laughs> exactly. It's all franchise. Um, obviously, we're going to get more Winter Soldier in the Thunderbolts. Do you know anything about that? I don't know anything about that, no. I've only learnt recently. It's basically Marvel's Suicide Squad. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can, you know, I, that sounds all right. You know, I'll so dip my toe it's in the that. the good bad guys, if that makes sense. The bad mm. guys that have turned mm. good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can see why the Winter Soldier would work well in that. Um, um, and they've got you know. Florence Pugh's character. Uh, her dad's the Russian guy who plays David Harbour. Uh, Zemo's back. Uh, the Taskmaster from Black Widow as well, and the woman that Louise Dreyfus plays Val, who popped up uh, in a few things. Okay. Oh, and yeah. um, what's it? What's Kurt Russell's son's called? The bad Captain America who killed someone. Yeah, I can't remember what his name is. But Wyatt, I mean. Wyatt Russell. That's it. Wyatt. Yeah, Wyatt Russell. Uh, is that going to be a film or a, a TV series? That's going to be a film. Okay, yeah. I haven't. I've struggled a bit with the TV shows, to be honest with you. Like, there's a few of them I haven't even watched. I'm like, oh, I don't really, I can't really be bothered. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, they've been, they've been all right. They kind of, if there's one good episode and you think, oh, this is amazing, I've, I've got to binge it, I've got to watch the next one, and then the next one I get halfway through and I'm sort of like, oh, is that my phone over there? You know, like, yeah, they, yeah. they don't, yeah, they don't quite yeah. hold me for, for long enough. Um, so I, like, I haven't watched She-Hulk or. She looks um, all right because it's only like twenty-five minute episodes. Sorry, and, right, and it's a comedy, yeah. so it's it, yeah, it's very much a comedy. It's, yeah, it's funny. Well, it's meant to, it's meant to be funny. I find it funny. My little boy yeah. really likes it. He's 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 big into She-Hulk now. Oh, good. I'm not allowed to watch. I'm not allowed to watch it without him. I have to wait. <laughs> um, so that's the kind of level we're talking. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I think I'll I think I'll get there. You know, I'll get through them. But um, like gone are the days where I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this this to start you know i quite liked hawkeye that was pretty good i like the christmas angle you know i'm a sucker for anything mm, watching anything christmas, yeah yeah i like all that stuff mate so uh yeah kind of that was all right and yeah it's just all right isn't it it's just all right what what thing would put you off marvel forever if they brought captain america back and think that's just fucking stupid <laughs> yeah i mean it kind of would be but if you're going to mess around with like multiverses and all that i suppose you know, yeah, he you... could come back as a different captain mm. america at this point yeah yeah that's it but you might get your Tom Cruise Iron Man that you've wanted, Dave. That I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, Tom Cruise can do what he wants, as far as I'm concerned, right? Like, you can, you couldn't if he if Tom Cruise wants to have a go at something, l- let him go. It's probably going to be all right. 
But uh, yeah, although if he was Iron Man flying around, he wouldn't. There wouldn't be that amazing run. I don't know how much of that we'd see. It's not a Tom Cruise film unless he sprints for something, is it really? But I'm sure he can get him running somewhere. Just somehow. like his breakfast or something. <laughs> yeah, that that do. I take it. I take it. I literally but, uh, watch Tom Cruise run for his breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> I really would. The, the the most amazing thing about Tom Cruise is like like he is so good and his films are so good, but you never not aware that you're watching Tom Cruise. Like he's not that character actor where you completely mm. feel like it's definitely always Tom Cruise, and yet that still really works, which is quite a strange thing when you think about it. I think it's down to his haircuts. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there was a Ghost Protocol was on TV last night, and I was admiring watching that. I was like, oh yeah, this is that era, that era of Cruise because he's kind of got the curtainy things going on. Quite right. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. So. And there's a while when he shaved all his hair, and then it's the Mission Impossible when it was a little bit long, but not too long. Uh, and now we've got, well, Maverick Cruise was different because he's trying to look like Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise Cruise. Certainly. <laughs> I know you mean Tom Cruise Cruise. Yeah, yeah we'll go with it's that. It's like he's got his own multiverse, the Tom Cruise multiverse. Where the, the Tom Cruise Cruise is actually a era of Tom Cruise. Uh, again, watch it. Uh, if he ever put went into a Marvel film, I would lose my shit. Like you yeah. said, as Iron Man, but I'll take it. I'll take him as anything at this point. I think. Yeah, he'd be a good villain. I think he'd be a oh, good. I'd like uh, to watch that. Yeah, that. We'll see what he could. What he could do with that. Does he ever play villains? I don't think he plays villains. Does he? It's part of his thing. Like he never wants to be the bad guy. Oh, that's a. That's Mag- a great shout. Yeah, <laughs> I, I Magnolia. He's a bit plays a bit of a dick, but that's yeah, a very different film. Yeah, not quite a villain though, is he? I don't know. I'd love to see a Tom Cruise villain, but I don't think he's. You know, he's very particular about what he does, isn't he? He has to have a lot of control over, yeah. over what he does. I think he kind of his personal branding is to never not be the hero again. You know, he's yeah. always got to look at the camera, smile, and go, "Yes, it's me. I'm doing this crazy yeah, yeah. shit." <laughs> yeah. In real life, the amount of control he has to have actually makes him more of a real life villain. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So that's, absolutely. Yeah, he's like, I don't need to play one. I am one, so I'll yeah. just pretend to be the good guy. What is your most disappointing sequel? Because you said earlier that there was a period in your life that you just realised that all sequels are disappointing, and that makes me sad for you. Um, <laughs> what is the most disappointing sequel? So not the worst sequel, yeah, but the one that really let you down. So you're like, oh, I built this up so big in my head, and now it's... I, I don't think I could ever get past what they did with the Matrix movies. I, I really, I just think that that first film is just everything, and... The rest are just nowhere, nowhere near it, and everything was in place. You know, there was clearly there was clearly a need for it. There was a market for it. You've got the cast coming back. That's so important in a sequel. You've got like, I mean, when you're messing about with things like a Matrix, you can take it anywhere. You don't have to like take it to the point where no one knows what's going on. You know, you, <laughs> yeah. you could have essentially done the same again, and it still would have been awesome. <laughs> well, but, they tried that, didn't they? In the new <laughs> well, one. <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't watched awesome. that. I haven't oh, watched oh. the new. One. I can't bring myself. The fact that they're sort of like I don't self referencing each other, and I, was, I can't. I just I don't know if I've, my life. We have a seven star rating system on our reviews, and I gave it none. <laughs> but if I could have given it less, I probably would have. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm like I'm a busy man. I don't get much time to myself. If I'm gonna throw two hours at something, I need to at least to have a chance of enjoying it. And I kind exactly. of look at that. And You're think, spending money you know, on it as well. Yeah, yeah. so. Something, I might watch in like 10 minute bursts. You know, if you're like, I don't know, waiting for the kettle to boil or having your tea and you just want something to throw on for 15 minutes while you scram something. I, could I probably, think you I might, might end up enjoying it if you watch it that way because you'll, you'll forget what's come before it. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, see, it was its own separate mini-series. So you were a big fan of The Matrix, I take, 1999 when it came out. They announced there's going to be two more films back-to-back. Thoughts then? Were you just like, oh my God, this is going to be the best thing ever? Yeah, yeah. How can you not? After seeing the the first one, you know, like 99, I would have been like, I don't know, late teens, early 20s, something like that. That's a good, good age to be excited about going to the pictures. And um, yeah, it was just a mind. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, no one had, had they? Because they kind of like invented the technology to film it, you know, pretty much mm. to film it, right? So it was just like nothing that's ever been that seen before. That bullet time stuff was just... Yeah, it's just so sick, isn't it? Yeah. And it, it, we're talking about those 80s films before, you know, like Arnie getting tooled up with loads of guns. It was like that, but oh, like it's... flashier. And yeah, it just like it has everything i love keanu through like through the 90s and stuff that was um you know he's sick he's a he's a good man and uh yeah it was just the matrix just blew me away yeah it was awesome and then you went in were you first day reloaded were you yeah just not just oh this is gonna be amazing this is gonna be amazing (laughs) yeah and you see sometimes when you want something to be amazing and because of all the effects and stuff i think i might even might come out of it and go oh yeah that was really good and then it's only afterwards when you think about it you go it really wasn't i kind of got like carried on the hype and the explosions and the noise and the the experience of being in a cinema kind of sometimes makes you kind of think I'm, that I'm things you. are much better than they are and it's only with reflection you go actually that was really bad i remember i got a memory on um, when did this happen was it when you got home or was it when you watched it a second time sorry <laughs> yeah probably like just in the days afterwards the more i more i thought about it it happened really recently with the the latest um jurassic park except that i came out of it thinking that was really bad and over the next few days it dawned on me how bad it actually was <laughs> and it, yeah. it almost like took me to a point of <laughs> depression really because i was like i can't i just just like i can't believe how bad they've made this like, it's so much it's so much worse than i than i thought and um i and weirdly um i had a facebook memory recently that made me laugh and i it it was me like a, a status review of batman versus superman and i okay. put something about like how how the film was like glorious i think i used the word glorious to describe it Ooh. and i'd obviously come out of that going oh my god the game has changed forever and then you kind of like as you watch it again you go yeah this isn't glorious it's really not <laughs> glorious at all but no, yeah, it just float, no. floated out of the cinema just like just sold and then realized nah you've been you've been lied to and uh, the, the matrix was a similar experience for me what, i think what do you do about those films do you try and convince yourself you're wrong or right and you're like no i'm gonna give it another watch this must be the one that it clicks again <laughs> i think sometimes you just have to just have to admit it right because if it's bad it's it's bad always makes me think of like remember like back in the day when cds cost 15 quid yes and if you bought mm. one and it wasn't very good you think i'm gonna make myself like it because i've got to save up three weeks to get another one yeah and you just listen to an album again and again and again but sometimes you would get that aha moment where you go this is it i just needed to listen to it in the early hours of the morning and now it all makes sense so sometimes with some things you can force that right but i think with movies yeah. you 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 just can't once you've but a lot of the time that doesn't happen and i'm looking at you top loader for that awful album thanks (laughs) (laughs) all bought off the strength of one song one song that they didn't even write Uh, it was a cover that's it yeah (laughs) hey achilles hill was a great tune as well was that on the same album (laughs) that was yeah that was was a follow-up single yeah Yeah, but um yeah i think with films there's kind of like you can't really change the mood or the atmosphere it's like once you real once you kind of realize it's rubbish it, it, it it's going to take some sort of 
I don't know, people talking you into it to kind of go back on that, I think. So were you talked into going and see the third one? So I I think by the time I watched the third one, I don't think I cinemaed it. I think by the time that that was like a just, mm. you know, just happened to, I don't know, someone was like, oh, I've got this and I'll lend it to you. And it's like, oh, well, I might as well, you know, I've got nothing else to watch. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I just kind of watched it. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know it's what. Even worse. I, I don't know what this is. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, I, I, I can vaguely recognise these people, and I know their names, and that's it. Uh, yeah, I was kind of done with it by that point. Oh wow! Because at least the second one's got a really good. It's got a really good car chase in it. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's got a re- it's, it's really good, and then the rest of it's rubbish. Especially the ending. I hate the ending with absolute passion. And the third one, I thought it was different. You know, the Attack on Zion was pretty good. Um, and then the, at the end, the smashy, smashy, endy, endy. And then, oh, Tom, I, I can't wait until you watch the fourth one. Right. Well, I'm going to now. I'll watch it. I'll watch it tonight. Because they're going to, they're gonna, Sky, like, it? ITV or BBC are going to get it for Christmas. It'll be one of their big Christmas films. They really like, hey, we've got the terrestrial uh, premiere of Matrix, whatever it's called, <laughs> Resuscitation. <laughs> Resurrection. Oh, I was, I was close. <laughs> Resuscitation is probably better. So there you are. You're Christmas about what it night, needs. full of turkey. You never had a, you know, puddings all filled in. The kids are asleep, and you think this is it now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going in. Yeah, oh, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure if I can bring myself to to nah. do it. But again, when you're messing around with these sorts of things, it can come right at any time, right? So they, you know, who knows? Another one might come out, and it might just be just absolutely incredible I mean, some people absolutely love that movie though that that fourth matrix movie there are people some out people there love who the other absolutely ones absolutely love it the, the, their fans are hardcore yeah. yeah i mean they're wrong but, <laughs> yeah. know, they... <laughs> i don't think there's been ever been a film that's been so good the first one and the, the, the decline has been so steep yeah it's heavy isn't it yeah definitely mm. especially it with it it does yeah with everything in place as well there's no reason why that's rubbish there's no no reason why it's it's rubbish it's um yeah, it's a shame. It's a waste, isn't it? A real yeah, waste. It's a waste. Yeah. It's like you were saying about them inventing the new technology to do stuff with. They go, do you know what people lo- really, really loved about the first one? All that new technology with the bullet time, the shots. Let's never do that again. <laughs> <It's just laughs> but do you think that's because people took the piss out of it? In other films and stuff. I'm, I'm looking at you, Scary. I think they took the piss out of it. I think they lovingly parried it, parodied it, because it was such a big thing, wasn't it? It's weird that they you just know? didn't do it. It's weird. Yeah, it is. All right. And then when they sort of do do it in the new one, it's, yeah. I'm not going to spoil it for you, Tom, but yeah. Uh, we're already <laughs> angry, so let's go on to... Let's get more angry, yeah. Tom, can't believe I'm going to say Just before you say this, I'm just going to sit back and watch what happens here. No, I've tried to... I've this tried is going to be fun. I've tried to be cool. <laughs> I respect your decision. Tom, what is your worst ever sequel? I, I knew that this wasn't going to go down well. I've heard you talk about it on the show. And when I when I said my choice in the message and I got back a message that said, wow. <laughs> I know I thought I've, I've done it here. But I'm here for the controversy. I'm going back to the future too. Okay. Why? Why? <laughs> well, Why? It's, no one can see, but just looking at Dave's face right there. He's broken, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he loves this movie. <laughs> it's the best one. Carry on. Oh, no, Dave. <laughs> no, it, it's it's not. The, similar, to the, similar to The Matrix in that the first one, the first Back to the Future, is just a complete film, isn't it? It's just like mm. it's perfect in, in every way. And we're dealing with time travel. You can go anywhere. You can do anything. And to me... Back to the Future 2 feels like they've just kind of made something up on the spot. It 
like you know like lost yeah Cause, like, like, you remember lost they put the pilot out and then it got commissioned and they're like oh crap now we need to like actually take this somewhere and that's what back to the future <laughs> 2 is essentially isn't it and um mm. oh where to start i don't I, the bit in the future is just awful um it like i know obviously we need to look at it through the lens of when it was made and when it was written but I, how can anyone think that the future would look like that to me that's what that's what the 80s looked like like <laughs> kids kids running around with like colanders on their heads and stuff it's just uh it's just not i'm not having it the over it's really overacted it, it reminded me of when i was in school and you'd kind of get a brief for your gcse drama and everyone would like try and cram as much everything into every scene because we're really like pretentious teenagers and that that's kind of how i feel about all the stuff that goes in the future it's really overacted i don't like michael j fox playing his own kids i, I just it's, it's just awful he's really hamming it up i'm not i'm not taking it and there's that element isn't there in all of the movies of you know people playing their their past or future selves but the the bits in the future where he's playing his children are just really really bad that is bad i'm gonna agree with you on that one like the the family scene where he's kind of playing playing the kids and stuff that i i feel like that too yeah you know like yeah it's not maybe maybe eddie murphy can get away with it but <laughs> yeah, but not not Michael J. Fox. I was watching it. I love Michael J. Fox, particularly around that sort of like eighties into the nineties period. You know where he was really like killing it. Oh, yeah. I was just I was just watching it. I just think you're better than that, Mike. You're better than that. What? Don't lower yourself. You know you don't need this. And uh, yeah, it's just not. I'm not here for it. And then then the middle bit. You know where they're back in eighty five and it. I see that looks to me more like the future. If they'd have made their version of 85 2015, I might have been right. I'm on board with this, right? Because that, that kind of looks like, you know, that kind of looks a bit more like, like we're used to. But again, it's the overacting for me and the teacher running around with a shotgun and people just drive past the teacher's house and just open fire. And you think that's not, that's not, you know, yeah, I'm just not, not having it, not down with it. And then if you can go anywhere in time, why go back to the first one and start messing about with all that? You've done it. You've done it so well. You've done the 50s. It was amazing. It's one of the best films ever. And you're going to go back and start screwing with it. I just I, I just couldn't get on board with it, to be honest. You think of where they... And I, I, I don't know if this is going to be equally controversial. I really like number three. No. But that's what I want from a time travel movie. I want you to go and be a cowboy or a like a, a Viking or, you know, like go go somewhere else. Don't go back to the first film and look at it from a different angle. Not interested. I am um, on this podcast where historically, famously, you tell us, people tell us their worst and best. And me and Rich are like, yeah, those people are right. And everything you've just said, I'm like, yeah. That does happen. <laughs> but I, I still love it. One, hoverboards. Hoverboards are cool. I'll give you hoverboards. Okay. Yeah, okay. definitely. And I like what they do with them when they make an appearance at the back end of the film as well. So, yeah, it's cool. See, it's a good callback. Two, it takes the good bits of Back to the Future 1 and then adds better bits to Back to the Future 1. You're, you're okay. like no. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> did, it, did it need more? More, but it's clever. It is clever what they do. But it you're right, Tom. But it's still a brilliant film. Uh, Rich, do you like this film? I'm not. I mean, I'm probably in between the two of you. It's not my favourite one. You're a one-two-three person. Are you? Right? I'm a one-two-three person. But actually, thinking about it, I mean, two and three are very close for me. I really, do, I do quite like three. But yeah, for me, yeah, the first one's the best one by a long stretch. I think the idea of going back. The problem with two is for me is that it 
opens there are so many plot holes in it it's like a swiss the, the plot is like swiss cheese there's so many plot holes because they go back and they change the past to then change the future but any everything they do changes the past so everything changes all the time like it always changes like everything like you know marty could go back and step on a twig and that would mean that he doesn't exist you know that's, that's everything could change the past and the future so I don't know. It's a weird one. And does that mean there's more timelines? Do the, the timelines exist? Do these just, you know, do they self-correct somehow? How's this all work? How's the science work, Dave? Uh, <laughs> tell me. Tell me. I need to know. <laughs> we'll find out soon. I'm not a smart, a smart person, Tom. Uh, so, um, <laughs> when did your love or hate for this franchise start? Was it you watched it Back to the Future early, and then you couldn't wait for the second one, and then it let you down? Because a lot of people, a lot of people our age, love the second back to the future yeah i i don't really remember see like i'm trying to think about like my age around about that time the first back to the future is one of them movies it's a bit like a nursery rhyme in that i don't remember ever first hearing a nursery rhyme and yet i can i, I was able to sing them to my kids without trying to re, have to relearn the the lyrics right it's just always it's part of my dna mm. it's just always been there i've always known that film that's yeah. how i see back to the future so i don't really it's just always been there and i, I somewhere Back to the Future 2 was more likely to be, like I mentioned at the start, being in the video shop and being like, oh my gosh, there's a second one. I need to watch it now. And then rushing home and being like, yeah, what is this? Where is... Uh... I've seen this film. <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, I've seen a better version of it. I just like You think <laughs> at, the, at the end of uh, Back to the Future 1 and the doc turns up and he says, it's your kids, Marty. And you think like, oh my God, what is this? And then at the start of 2, you find out, oh yeah, his kid's like, he's going to be naughty and go to prison. Is that mm. is that enough to? Well, it's because they didn't have a, an idea. They did, apparently there's like four or five endings where Christopher Lloyd just makes stuff up. It's just ad libbed, and so and that's just the one that they thought was the best. And, and, and yeah, they, they, they wrote in. themselves they into had a no corner. no plans for it whatsoever. And then they're like, oh crap, we've actually got to do something with these kids in number two. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> if you think of all the awful things that or that could have happened to Marty's kids or that they could have gone on to do. I mean, you know, people like commit crime and go to prison all the time. That's kind of what happens. <laughs> it's just, mm. Is that enough to whiz back to the future? You think, well, he's clearly, you know, maybe he's got to learn his lesson. Maybe he shouldn't be yeah. knocking around with his... Maybe he he does seem a bit to... of a dick, the boy. <laughs> he does a bit, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the whole, the reliance on being able to manipulate the plot by calling someone a chicken is just like... It happens mm. too many times. We we know that's a weak point for him. We know. And fair play, fire it up again. Maybe even twice. But you get to the point when it's like, it happens a few times in number two. And you think, really, this whole chicken thing again? Has he not learned? Has no one learned from this? And the whole thing with, with the solution to the kids is going back to help them so that they don't get into, you know, they don't turn out to be terrible people. By then creating a new timeline where they don't exist. <laughs> It's like not just going back oh, yeah. and changing it and making their lives better. You're destroying them. Yeah, you had, you had one <laughs> chance. You were going to mess it up. So yeah, we're just not going to bother yeah. with any of it now. Sorry, I'm taking me ball going, home. Yeah, yeah. You're sorry. Your punishment for going to prison and not being perfect is you're now no longer going to exist. Sorry, yeah, I'm going right. to have different children. <laughs> but do you not think the instant pizza's cool and stuff like that? I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all right. I mean, I don't like I, the shoes are cool. It's a, it's the a self. Like, the shoes are really the self tying cool. shoes. I, are cool, I've got yeah. a pair of trainers that I've got. I bought there because they're the closest thing I can. They look like those shoes. They're downstairs, <laughs> but I mean, if only the 
if only Neo in Matrix 2 would have had a tiny pizza that turned into a big one and a pair of Reebok pumps, then that would have <laughs> saved the whole franchise, right? How, yeah, so how would have you made Back to the Future 2 better? Would you have liked to seen him in, like you said, a different time? And what yeah. time would you have liked to seen? Because you have to go, I guess you have to go Back to the Future. Does that title even work? Because he does go to the future, but it doesn't go back to the future. But he's come from the present. Do you see what well, I'm It doesn't going? work in the first one either. Yeah. Because he never goes to the future in the first one. No, but he, <laughs> but he does go back, to, goes to the past, but he has to go back. Yeah, that's smart. He's present. So it should be called Back to the Present. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hasn't quite got the same ring to it, Rick. No, that's it. No. Uh, I, yeah, I think if you're going to mess about with time, then let's just go for it, man. You've got to time machine um, and I think that's why I like three so much man because like, I did Cowboys what's mm. not to like and um, you know yeah it's a good film I like everything that they do with it you kind of like you buy into the or I bought into the just the scenery and the vibe and the tone of it it doesn't look like a load of people like it doesn't look like forced cowboys it kind of feels like a like a western film you know it um, is well shot that one yeah it's good yeah. it's really really good and I kind of like I'm up for that so hop in your time machine go somewhere else go and like, I don't know go and visit anytime you want go to the I don't know the swinging 60s or any you know any big moments from from history go and uh you wouldn't have to do something with their kids because what they you know they end up in the in the cowboy times by accident don't they by making a mistake you could go off to try to go to the future to save Marty's kids make a, make a mistake and end up somewhere completely different yeah you know, end up in like 2046 or something and, that's it yeah you know they could stumble around in in different aspects of time for another two movies and end up saving his kids completely by accident it just would so you have liked you know? to see an alien <laughs> i mean you know we no I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to find a way to say yes, but I'm not sure how aliens would have um, would have uh, would have helped. Not really. No. Sorry, dude. But maybe you go off to the future, and there's some sort of, you know, dystopian nightmares occurred where like, the everyone's zombies or something, or yeah, you know, half the half the world died of. Well, the skin dark. Climate change. <laughs> this <laughs> like, is maybe a family. You can't this. make some real changes to like save the world. Not just save your save your kids from going to prison by making them not exist. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's actually, not... he's like save the planet kind of thing. Yeah, he's not. There's loads of potential. Yeah, that's it. He's not going back after like baby Hitler or anything, is he? He's like only thinking about his own <laughs> his own spoiled kids. Yeah, yeah. And I've never really thought of it from that perspective. But yeah, he could just do so much more. Yeah, so yeah. much more if you're gonna if you're gonna. So help. how would you rank the Back to the Future films? Are you a a free one two man or a Oh, one, three, two, man. One, three, two. Yeah, definitely. Like you can't. Like one is just you can't debate it. You can't argue it. I wouldn't even entertain that. If someone tried, I'd just be like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not getting so involved. You, you, you've you've got children. Yes. How old are your children now? My son, my eldest is six, and my daughter's she's four. She's about to turn five. But we're we're so, getting into Back to the Future age soon. Yeah, not not far. That'll be a. Yeah, that's one of those sort of parenting, uh, you know, when all the like, <laughs> when all the crap pays off when you get to like introduce them to. Uh, my wife's a, yep. a massive um, Harry Potter fan, and she's just sort of started. Well, she started them on the Philosopher's Stone. I think she's gone too soon because she's going to have to kind of like pause for a few years before they're ready for the scary he's, ones. He's only six year old, all of them, I think. Really? He's seven. He's seven, and he's seen them all. Yeah. Oh, how did, yeah, how we did... couldn't. We start. My wife's a massive Harry Potter fan as well. And she started him way too early, and we just couldn't hold it back anymore. Yeah. Same with Jurassic Park, like, and which is scary, um, guys. Yeah, which is scary. Yeah, he watched Jurassic Park when he was like four. <laughs> I was like, 
I'm not a good parent. I'm not a good parent. It turns out. <laughs> hey, if he's ready, he's ready, right? Yeah, he's ready, yeah. He's ready. And he wasn't scared by it at all. He wasn't that far. I don't think he particularly liked the the old the later Harry Potters very much because they're not quite as they're a bit more serious. They're not quite as magicy. Yeah, I suppose you can't relate as a little kid. You can you relate to the other little kids, right? And like, yeah. You, when you're six and you're looking at like how old Harry by the end, like 15 or something, like 15 well, to a yeah. six-year-old is like an old are, man. The spells are starting to get more complicated. And when they started talking about horcruxes and stuff, that's going to mm. probably over their heads a bit, to be honest. Yeah. And people are, you know, they're starting to like invite people to dances and have kisses and stuff Ugh. like that. Like, yeah, that's like, that's Girls. disgusting, isn't it? When you're, yeah, <laughs> when you're six. So, you know, but um, yeah, so no, Back to the Future will be a big, will be a, and, a, and a will fun And will you go moment. Back to the Future too? I think you kind of got to. I think, like, as a parent, you've got to let your kids... And Marty should learn from this. You've got to let your kids make their own mistakes, right? And they can make their <laughs> own decisions. It. Yeah, they can they make their own decisions and do with it what, what they will. Yeah. To be fair, and it's Marty's fault because the whole gambling thing. and So that's yeah. the thing that really hmm. kicks it all into play. That's it. Yeah, he should go back and, you know, sort, sort himself out. Be a better role well, model. Yeah. Well, now I'm just confused, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> well you're less angry so I'll, I'll take yeah, that's true I'll yeah that, you're yeah. not as angry as I thought you were going to be Dave well I have to listen to his points and honestly they're really good uh, oh <laughs> thank you we'll see what, the, see what the feedback is I was on a podcast once and someone asked me um, what's something that's overrated and I said roast dinners and people came after me like people <laughs> really? people didn't like that at all I'm still defending that one yeah well again that is mental I mean a good roast dinner is incredible but a bad roast dinner is just awful that's it, that's it. imagine if you're watching roast like uh, having a roast dinner while yeah. watching Back to the Future 2 is that your worst nightmare <laughs> it is yeah yeah very very someone's getting smashed in my house if that's if that's the situation I found myself in <laughs> is there any way if they did a fourth one and there's no way it's going to happen and hopefully they never do a reboot it's one of those films that shouldn't be touched mm, very much yeah uh, if they did a fourth one, how excited about it would you be? Um, I, would, I there think, be have to, would they have to bring back Christopher Lloyd, Michael J. Fox at some point? I think that you'd have to, right? You couldn't watch a Back to the Future without those two. I, I just can't see how that would even be Back to the Future. It would just be insulting. It's one of those things because of the it because of how good that first one is, you're always going to have an int- you know there's always that glimmer of hope that a mixture of nostalgia and to see what they could do with it and you know imagine if they didn't got everything right. It could be amazing. It's probably not going to. It's probably going to be like like that third Jurassic Park we talked about before, you know, where you just kind of want so much from it and get nothing and i think that's yeah. probably what would happen but yeah i'd be here for it i'd certainly um i'd certainly have to just go in and hope for the best yeah they would change the car though and they would they use the delorean or would they try and update it in a way and be like okay let's put it in a tesla now oh let's just i don't even want to think about it yeah rich is the car man so he'd be like what would be good as a, tra- a traveling like a- nothing it can only be a delorean a peugeot that's clio end of the story <laughs> It's like Ecto One can only be Ecto One. The DeLorean can only be the DeLorean. That's yeah, it. That's the rules. End of story. What is the been the, the sequel that surprised you the most? Oh, that's a that's a good um, that's a really really good question. So maybe you were dragged to it, or you the first one you went in lukewarm. Not even the first one. The first, fourth, fifth, sixth. Because sequels going forever nowadays. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to have to... Um... It certainly wasn't Jurassic Park Dominion. No, no, it wasn't. I really liked Jurassic World. I really liked that. Yeah, I was like, I was all in on that. Um, 
And again, I wasn't sure because like The Lost World's rubbish and Jurassic Park 3's rubbish, I think. Um, so I wasn't quite hmm. sure. Wasn't quite sure. So yeah, that would be one that I kind of went into thinking, oh, please don't be rubbish. I really don't want this to be rubbish. And it was really, really good. It had a good mix of moving it forward and nostalgia and everything mm. tied up in together. So that was probably a surprise. Yeah, that was probably a, a nice, a nice surprise. But not the ones after. <laughs> no, not the ones after. The, the the middle one of the second trilogy was kind of, that was better on reflection. I saw it at the cinema and was like, yeah, I don't like that. And then I watched it mm. when it, it was on Netflix for a bit. And I think I watched it again and thought, oh, yeah, do you think that right. comes into play sometimes where you watch it, how you watch it, mood you're in when you watch films? You When you go and see a film, do you make sure you're in a good mood? Or sometimes if you're in a bad mood, does it cheer you up kind of thing? Yeah, I, I, I love the cinema experience you know okay we have to talk about your cinema experience and what do you do to prep yourself for it snacks (laughs) so carry on yeah it's um but you know i like to to me it it, it's not just something to like nip and do do you know what i mean it would be like a a date night or a focus of our friday night and i like to watch the trailers and you know i like the whole thing of it i like it on the opening weekend when it's really busy and there's like chatter around everywhere Mm. it's all quite exciting and it just feels you know it just feels like a, a a big thing to do rather than like this little throwaway thing where you, you know, sometimes you like have to take the kids and you end up in there at like half 11 and a screen with like no one in it and it just feels like such a waste such a waste of a, a cinema experience but um yeah so i kind of um i like the the occasion of it and i've lost my train of thought what was the what was the question dave how did we end up going down i this don't know route? that's what i do <laughs> no do you buy snacks and stuff do you or, or I, do you bring the phone home are you an ice cream I, person I, I buy that. I don't do ice cream. I um, I'm a, a large salted popcorn, large diet coke every time, um, and I wait for the film to start before oh, I start I eating. Oh, so I okay. I get in. I put the I put the popcorn under my seat and I wait. And as soon as the lights go down and it starts, then I go right now. We kick back and get into it because otherwise, like I'm I'm quite. Mate, I, I finish my food. I probably get halfway through. Maybe food, yeah. by the time the trailer's ends, and I'm and then I'm disappointed. <laughs> And then I look at my, and then I look at yeah, what everyone my missus has, and it's like, ah, oh, she's not going to finish them. <laughs> that's it, yeah. And if a, if it's a long film, so if I know, like, you know, if you know ahead of time it's a long one, then I'll usually like double up with a big bag of Maltese yeah. or something like that. But um, I don't like Fuck nachos them. and all that. I don't, you know, I'm not down for not down for noisy. I mean, all foods a bit noisy in the cinema, but not for the really mm. noisy stuff. I certainly don't want the smelly stuff anyway. Don't bring your your fake hot dog covered in really you know pungent ketchup don't bring that near me in the pictures man i'm trying to relax and yeah it's so yeah that's kind of that's my routine it's a very basic one but it's the same one i've followed since childhood and this, i don't think i could break it now even if i they do all sorts of crazy food to. they do, yeah. do like pizza and stuff in the cinema now it depends on the like, cinema yeah, i think yeah 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 well they do now one day like yeah. the, oh, do they? when we go to yeah they, you can get pizza and do you, do you like, when you were young do you used to go yeah, to a much smaller cinema do you miss that feeling or was it was it always like a big cinema no i don't i i it would have been i would have been like a proper grown up before i went to like a big yeah you know, like a chain like an odeon or something yeah there was like a little independent I, li- I grew up in a little seaside town and um there was one cinema and it was like a little little indie mm. indie one you know with like a two or three screens maybe and that was it and um yeah, well, that, exactly that the sort of thing you're talking every about. Every film like, I saw there. Um, talk, we talked about Batman versus Superman, and I watched that in in Bognor Regis, in like the the tiniest little old school independent cinema ever, which looks amazingly quaint. But when you're six foot six and ginormous like me, yeah, it's not very comfortable. It's a beautiful room though. That one, <laughs> I, I saw Civil War in that same cinema, Rich. 
Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. And it, it cost me less. This is in Bognor Regis, guys, and I lived in London. It cost me less to travel to Bognor Regis, watch a film, my friend, with popcorn and a drink, uh, than it would pay for wow. a cinema ticket yeah. in Central. I, I do think, like, you know, <laughs> cinema has been sort of, like, a bit on the decline, hasn't it? For it, Like, the, the pandemic hit it pretty hard. And I do think, like, you know, with some, like, the music industry, yeah. once everyone twigged, we're paying 15 quid for a CD that was only costing 50p to make. And it was, the the artists weren't even getting the money. And everyone were, oh, God, yeah. I'm just going to invent Napster and just completely destroy the music industry. I can't help feel that cinema's going that same way. I think, when you think about how much, popcorn costs yeah. for them versus how much we pay for it and i just think i think yeah people are like i mean you go the to price you know, if amazing, i take the kids yeah. to the cinema mm. and i feed them there and we all have a ticket and a drink and something you know that's a plus a big that's a 40 50 quid afternoon out you know that's a lot of, yeah it's a it's hard going if that, that's, that's yeah people are going to come a cropper man and it's you know it's a real shame because it is a it's, it's an important it's an important way to see to see that that art isn't it it's a it's a, it's a lot of fun absolutely it's the best it's man. magic yeah. when you're young cinema is magic when you first walk into a cinema screen and there's that, a big tv that big and you're like christ i've never seen anything that big <laughs> it, it still sticks with me now i still get excited walking to the cinema, especially going to the, the bfi I, well the screens have to get bigger for me to do this now but the, the first time i went to the bfi bfi imax and you know the one in london incredible that, that i had that same feeling i had when i was a little boy it was amazing and then i took my dad recently to start taking him there for his films he really likes so Dunkirk and we went and saw Top Gun Maverick because we're big Top Guns when he's like this is the best way to watch cinema so seeing a like a 65 year old man still get excited about going to the cinema and stuff it's it's really cool but I don't think any cinema ticket should be above 10 pounds pretty much so there should be a limit we're probably the the, the reason that cinemas are Cinema chains are on decline, aren't they? Aren't they, Dave? Because we have an unlimited card, which we use really quite regularly. I think they're then, worth uh, it. And don't buy any snacks. <laughs> yeah. I bring, I mean, I bring, bring it, stuff with it? me. It's, uh, it's the way, way to do it. Big one now. What is your dream sequel? My dream sequel would be um, any sort of follow-up whatsoever to Interstellar. Okay. I, I just that that I love that movie so so much and weirdly off the back of a conversation about being excited about cinema and excited about film and that childhood thing interstellar was one of the few times as an adult that i've re that I've really experienced that that excitement really? as a child yeah and i i remember it when it came out i remember it being like oh this is interstellar week you know what are you doing friday on monday you know oh it's nearly friday i'm going to see and i'm not really one for like wishing my week away that's not really how i operate but i remember that week yeah. it was very much like i cannot wait to see this film and what did that was it the trailer was it because it was a christopher nolan film what was it nolan definitely yeah. and um at that time matthew mcconaughey was just on fire after yeah. like years in the rom-com wilderness where he was more famous mm. for like smoking weed and having a six pack then suddenly like <laughs> suddenly he just did that run of films didn't he and he was just so so good and it was like hang on a minute nolan is doing a film in space with matthew mcconaughey like sign me up yeah, now. yeah. with hans zimmer doing the music that's it yeah and I, I remember going into it and thinking this is the first time in years, probably after like years of mostly getting excited about Marvel movies, but this is the first time in years that I've gone into a film. I don't know what's going to happen. It's a completely original screenplay. It's mm. not a remake, a follow-up. It's not got any characters from anywhere else. And that happens less and less these days. Everything Massively. is somehow tied in some way. And Interstellar was really like, 
I don't know. I'd not watched any trailers because it was called Interstellar. I had no idea that the first 40 minutes was not going to be in space. I had no idea that there was any on Earth time. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, oh my God, this is amazing. They're not, I'm like an hour in and they're not even in space. This is incredible. And it was a real, it reminded me of, um, as a kid, going to see like the big standouts like Jurassic Park or, you know, those ones that were that really like would just blow you away. Yeah, you see, yeah, or the, yeah. Ma- the mm. Matrix, you know. The Lion um, King. <laughs> the Lion King, yeah, the Lion King two, the Ballad of Pumba, or whatever it's called. But, um, yeah, but Interstellar, it just felt felt massive. I just loved it so much. And when um, I remember being in the cinema, and when there was some of the shots are outside the spaceships, and there's no music, it's completely quiet. Mm. And I remember watching that, and the whole cinema was quiet. And no one was like risking a cheeky nacho. It was one of those where you go, I'm just not going to eat. You know, normally I'm there like, hum, hum, just shoveling popcorn for the whole thing. And it was just like, everyone, it was just completely quiet. I've never really experienced that before. There's normally like a rustle or a cough or something, but it was just so, so quiet. And then when it finished, no one got up. It was like it was, everyone, it was like we were waiting for an end sequence, but obviously no one was. I think everyone was just like, what the heck was that? And it just <laughs> took everyone about two minutes to sort of like, oh, right, now my feet are working again. I can leave. Oh, I love it that. It was a strangest thing. It just seemed to collectively knock the whole room for six. Yeah. And again, it's not something I'd really experienced as an adult much. It's much more um, like a kid thing for me, that. But yeah, I just I just love everything about oh, it. Oh, lovely. Uh, Rich, this is the first time last night you watched it, right? I watched it last night and I got a bit confused. I'm going to admit, I got a bit confused. I thought it, we were we were recording with a different guest today and I thought I was watching a nice short movie. Um, <laughs> so it was about 10 o'clock last night and I messaged Dave and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this. And uh, and he went back and go, oh, no, that's the, we're not recording that one tomorrow. And I was like, oh, we're going to watch Interstellar. Oh, it's three hours long. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to fall asleep. And I didn't. I didn't fall asleep at all. I, I, it's engaging. I think it's really engaging. And actually, I think you can... It's a movie you can kind of break down into thirds. Like, there's the first third where it's totally on Earth. There's the second hour where it's about discovering all those new worlds. Hmm. Then there's the kind of the last hour where it's the... The bit I don't get, the bit I don't understand, yeah, but it still fine. looks can you great. The ending so we can understand how you want to do a, a, a sequel to it. Um, well, I'm not sure I can explain it. To be Brilliant. honest, I'm I'm happy to just to just go with it. There's there's a few films I find like this, and it's like I Inception's a bit like this for me as well. Is mm. that I understand it, but I'm not sure I could put that understanding into words. Yeah, like, we I need kind Professor think... Brian Cox. If we were a decent <laughs> podcast, we'd have Professor Brian Cox on hand to pop up now and go. This is how it works. This is what happens because <laughs> yeah. I don't get the cosmic library. No, no, no me neither. I mean, I, think... I mean, it, it look, it looks and sounds amazing, and like you said, McConaughey is is rocking it, and you're coming back to Chastain. I'm, I'm, I was watching it just before. I came on to interview this and I was like, I've got to try and understand this. I've read about it and I still cannot grasp it. It's like Tenant. When I came out of Tenant, I was like, I've never enjoyed a movie that much and still not understand a fucking thing what was going on. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Yeah. Like Interstellar, I'm, get, I'm, get, I'm getting it until that point, until they go, hey, we're going to fly into Gargantrum kind of thing and whip around it and then McConaughey, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, essentially what himself. they do is impossible, right? Because the so the event the event of horizon of a black hole as far as i understand is that essentially time slows down so much that it stops so time stops being a dimension when you get to the event horizon of a black hole yeah there's five they're talking about fifth dimensions and third dimensions and yeah like, yeah. yeah so they're saying that humans have evolved in the fifth dimension 
But what is what's the fifth dimension? Um, well, no, I think <laughs> yeah. I think what you need to do, Rich, is draw um, a circle on a bit of paper, fold it in half, and put a pen through it, and then it all just it all <laughs> yeah, just makes it all sense. Just makes that's sense normally somehow. how we describe <laughs> time and black holes, right? That's the that's the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, but even even with that bit, I had no idea it was going to go somewhere that weird. Mm-hmm. And when they're on the the planet where there's the difference between time and they come off the planet, they've only been there an hour or whatever and the yeah, guy's yeah. done 20. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, that is absolutely is, yeah. heartbreaking. And when you go back and watch all those videos, I was like, I've shed a tear to that and it's still, yeah. it's not even watching it since I've shed a tear to that. You know, like the impact stays even when you know it's coming. So we yeah. go for all that and I thought, right, oh, that's the trippy Nolan bit. You know, that's and to that bit, bit, I'm with it. I'm, I'm get, I get that. I understand yeah, that. I like yeah. it. It's closer to the black hole, therefore time slows down. Yeah, I get that. I understand that's that. It. So I kind of thought, that's the weird Nolan bit, you know, that I'm not quite supposed to understand. And then, yeah, yeah right at the end, all of a sudden, it just ping, it just appears in that space and it goes quiet, doesn't it? The whole tone of the film changes and I kind of, what the fuck is this? You know, like it, it really <laughs> caught me off guard. I did not see, I mean, how could you see that come in? But <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, did, I think to have a mixture of like the, the action and the adventure and the emotion and the bonkers science it just all put together and the sheer scale of it as well. yeah, yeah like, oh, it's scale, huge yeah. isn't it yeah and that's why i think it would be a good sequel because if you're gonna you know if you can just like i don't know peer in some sort of weird dimension behind your own library and you know look at your yourself somehow we can do anything you want with that can't you like they, they can't you know they could take it anywhere so that yeah. gives us a good platform to kind of launch any sort of sequel. Like, it doesn't matter. If you're going to buy into that, you can buy into what they do next. And would then... it have to be McConaughey, that, that, those characters again, or would you try to tell a different story using that that science, if you know I, what I mean? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I would prefer McConaughey. He's um, amazing. I would, I would prefer that. But I think with someone like Christopher Nolan... You could just trust. So him. he would be your director of choice because yeah, there's there's only like maybe two directors that can handle this. Yeah. There, I, I would put Nolan and Denise Villeneuve together. That they're yeah. the only people that can make big scale films at the moment that make don't make a lick of sense, but they look amazing. And you think, oh, I'm, I will turn up to everything these people do. Yeah, I'll go in blind. I'll trust it. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I'll like it even if I don't get it. Yeah, just a hundred percent. 100% on board. I mean, they could, um, instead of McConaughey, they could chuck in um, Dolph Lundrum and get the director from Kindergarten Cop 2 in. I think that would be interesting. But but no, if it's Nolan, they can do whatever they... He can do what he wants, and it's going to be good, right? So, But yeah, ideally, McConaughey. Because like, the two main areas I thought is, is like, well, we could see more of um, Murph's side of the story. So, you know, obviously she's so old by the time yeah. he, he says his goodbyes. And you think, well, there's a whole thing of how she kind of saves the planet and, you know, mm. makes everything look like it does in Inception. And, you yeah, know, and how all... does she do that? Where'd yeah, that come from? That's, I that's... understand that he gives her the equation, but what's the equation what's for? What's next? Yeah. You know? Well, that's the Eureka moment when she throws it at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and then it fast forward. So there's that. There's a big gap there that could make a really, like, thrilling film. Or there's, you know, at the end, McConaughey just goes back into space and Anne Hathaway is knocking around on that planet. We don't quite know what she found there. You know, he could he yeah. catch her up? Could they spend another three hours trying to bump into each other through a wormhole? Like, do whatever you want, Christopher Nolan. Because that's what I'm he's gone off to it. do, hasn't he? He's gone off to... That's how I read to, it, yeah. To go and save her or find her. Or, yeah, you know, chances... Yeah. I kind of saw it as she's rocked up there and that fella she was hoping to 
reunite with, she now knows that, you know, that that's not an option anymore. Yeah. And she, just when she's thinking, oh, like, my boyfriend's dead and I'm stuck on this planet. And then McConaughey's just like comes out behind a rock, you know, like, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And we're <laughs> straight into a sequel, you know, fantastic. I would love it if the sequel was so different. They just called it Interstellar 2, but it's about McConaughey and Anne Hathaway just trying to make, a, like the Martian, make a new home on a planet. Yeah, and then just make like struggling a rock, to make like, ends like, meet yeah. on an alien planet. <laughs> well, he is a farmer, right? He is oh, a farmer, so he could it's start right in itself. Yeah, he could just start growing, growing his crops, and you know, yeah, and just start start all over again. Maybe that's that's an option. But yeah, like you know, yeah, you could take it, take it anywhere, take it anywhere you like. But um, yeah, what a movie, man! I just love it. I just love it so so much. I don't think I'll ever get bored of it. How many times have you watched it? Um, a, a lot. I don't know how many, but a lot. I've done it a lot of like, um, like half times as well. You know, when you're so familiar with a film, you don't even have to yeah, finish yeah. it. It's like, oh, I've got yeah. an hour, and I probably should be going to bed. I'll just throw Interstellar on and just like enjoy the first hour, and then go to bed and not watch the rest. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it doesn't matter because I've seen the rest so many times that that's yeah. that's all right. And like I say, for that, for some of the more emotional bit you know when he's like banging on the books and you know shouting for mirth that's heavy man you know what i mean that's like that's a hard yeah. a hard watch that can leave yeah. you in place if you're not careful but um, did it did it surprise you when matt damon popped up because yeah. i had no idea he was in this movie until they did really well of keeping him completely out of everything like spoiler yeah. wise yeah, definitely. I wasn't, or didn't see that at all. I didn't know Casey with uh, Casey Fleck was in it as well until I kind of saw him in the. I, I I can't quite remember, but I'm sure the the trailers and the any sort of spoilers were minimal and very vague around the. Nolan's very time. good at keeping mm. that kind of thing subtle. Even with this new film coming out about Oppenheimer, the trailer doesn't give. A, I know it's about the man who makes the bomb or whatever, right? Yeah. But how to make a movie out of that? I don't know, but I'm going to be there. Hundred mm, like, percent. I'm sure it's going to look visually incredible. And Hans Zimmer's going to do the music, and I'm just going to listen to that soundtrack. Like this, like watching it again yesterday and today, I was like, "Oh my god, that that soundtrack is just—it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's so good." No, it is. It's it's everything. Even the like the way the film is made, some of it is so like the CGI and everything is so so good. And other times, you it 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 looks like a a, a model. You can tell someone's built it, and you're like, I don't care. I don't care. It mm. just looks like a spaceship struggling in space, and I'm here for yeah. that too. It's like um, yeah, it's it's just everything about it is just really really uh. You see, with me, really I I really enjoyed the third first two thirds, but the when I first watched it, that that last bit really did put a downer on it for me. Um, I've learned to accept now that I no longer understand it. Just appreciate for what it is, and then it's, you know, a Nolan film and sounds good, looks good. But and I didn't get to see it in the cinema at the time because uh, it was the poorest I've ever been. I was a runner at a post-production place, and they earned literally no money. So I had to wait until it came out on like TV. And I don't think it has the scale. I'd love to see this in the cinema. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I bet it's impressive at the cinema. Yeah, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, I the think IMAX. that's the way. Maybe I wouldn't be so romantic about it if I hadn't have had such a, you know, such like a, a romantic experience of watching it. Maybe I think it probably yeah. would see it see it differently. And uh, yeah, I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to throw it on tonight. I think, and I'm going to watch that end bit and just with the kids, see right? If I do, I think yeah. they're ready for it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, oh, <laughs> drop them straight in. You've had the philosopher's stone. I think you're ready. We'll skip, <laughs> we'll skip back to the future. Now it's Einstein, Einsteinian quantum physics. See if you get your head around this. I mean, it's, it's not scary. It's not scary, love. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I've got this bit of paper with a circle on it. I'm ready to try and like break it, break it down. Yeah. 
those were Tom Davis's Unequal Sequels. What a top lad. Really liked him. It was, it was a lovely time. Lovely chat, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. He was a, a splendid gentleman. Uh, really enjoyed recording with Tom. He's a, a superb human being and we don't deserve it. I like how you slipped into being a Victorian like stable boy then. You were like, <laughs> he's a superb gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, me and Rich both have the flu, so if this this comes off as two men, people going mental. Yes, yes, Sir Tom. Sir Tom. Sir Sir Tom. Oh, we've we've knighted him now. We like like doing the podcast that much, we've decided that Tom needs to be knighted. Well, he deserves it, you know? His podcast is great. It's really, it's a really really good podcast. You should listen to it. It's... um... Yeah, it's a good thing that it's, he he does it. To be honest, yeah, it's um... it's, a, it's a brilliant podcast, and you can tell that he really loves his subject. You know, he really loves doing it, and his get he has his really good guests, and it's really insightful and yeah. really helpful as well. Really helpful, yeah. But also, what great picks! I say great picks. One's quite a hot take. Like Dave was a bit upset about one of them. So yeah, Winter Soldier for best sequel. I mean probably the best of the marvel sequels it's definitely it is, up there yeah. isn't it when you're t- when you're thinking top quality mm. marvel films uh winter soldiers in the conversation Absolutely. wouldn't be my top one but it it would be a lot of people's because it's it's very it's very different it was very it was, exciting yeah. it's a, it's like a spy action mm. thriller for a marvel film and um yeah, had yeah. A good bad guy and chris evans's captain america is just it's just all at this point it was just awesome he really yes, owned this absolutely film. you're right yeah, yeah, really good choice, and and his choice for worst sequel, Dave. I mean, when well, when, when we saw what it picked, then I think Dave went into the corner and had a little word with himself, didn't you, mate? Come on now, <laughs> Back to the Future Two is your worst ever. He, he he his arguments were really good. Actually. He did make you question um, yourself, didn't he? Well, not just to question the film, he made me question life. <laughs> I think if I question that, if I don't like Back to the Future Two, then I'm have to think, what am I? What is the what point? What am I even here for? You know. <laughs> What's the point of humanity? Yeah, what is my purpose? I don't agree. What is that, men's yeah. purpose on this planet? You know? Yeah. I don't think it's the worst oh, sequel man. ever. I don't think it's the best of the trilogy like you do, but I don't think it's the worst. I think of the it's trilogy. superb. I think it's got a uh, it's got some big plot holes in it for me. That's the that's the main thing. Yeah, but it's so fun, Rich. <laughs> it's so fun. It is fun. It is fun. You know, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think it's I think it's a great movie. I really do. I think it's a great sequel. I disagree with Tom in that in that respect, but I do agree yeah. with him that it's not the best of the trilogy. <laughs> and I didn't like disagreeing with Tom because he's such a lovely chap. Mm. Uh, but he nearly made me believe that it was a bad <laughs> film. But I've I've now stepped away for it for a minute, and I thought, no, he's wrong. <laughs> uh, his dream sequel, lovely, interesting one, mm, Interstellar. Yeah. Um, still don't understand the ending. Uh, not really. I'm getting there. The more I watch it, the more I kind of get it. But I'm not. I'm still not 100 percent there yet. How many more watches do you think you're going to give it to get the ending? Fifty or so, probably. <laughs> it's a really weird film like that because it's not a film I completely understand or know what's going on. But it's so well crafted. Very like watchable. The music. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, it's like Tenant. Mm. Christopher Nolan's very good at these films. Like, I don't understand what the fuck's going on for most of it, but. They're so well put together, like the music and the way the acting. I'm like, oh, I don't care. I'm in this. I'm enjoying it for some yeah. dumb reason. A sequel would be very tough. Mm. We gave it a good go. Uh, hopefully, people 
people let us know if we if it was a a, a good one yeah, or a bad one. Yeah, it'd be nice to see what other people think, wouldn't it? It'd be nice to see what you listeners think for of an Interstellar sequel. What would what would your ideas mm. be for an Interstellar sequel? If you want to let us know what your ideas are, there's a very easy way for us to get in touch with us. It's on all the social media at unequal sequel at, on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also send us an email uh, unequal sequel hotmail dot com and if you also really like what we're doing and you want more of what we're doing, you've now got yep. an opportunity to have a little bit of extra. So if you if you really like this episode with Tom, then there is an extra bit of effort. There's a sequel to this episode. <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> and all you need to do is to go to another slice.com forward slash unequal sequel, become a subscriber for only two ninety nine a month. It's peanuts. And you'll get all the sequels to all our, all our interview episodes. What you'll also get is the opportunity to have some input into other extra content we're going to do. Maybe, maybe even come on the show and do mm. your best, worst, and dream sequels. So, yeah, get onto another slice, sign up there, let us know what you think, let us know some ideas for extra content that you'd like on there too. Um, yeah, like I say, just click the little subscribe button also you, you, we know not everyone can afford to do 2.99 a month it's fine it's okay we're still keeping all this stuff for free if you like what we do and you like all the free stuff go and click the subscribe button go and click the automatic download button on your pod shop of choice and we'll drop in twice a week during inter- during the season our interview season and once a week when we're out of season so you'll always get, still be getting a bit of us for free. Don't worry, we're not going completely behind the paywall. That would be crazy. We're not Joe Rogan, are we? Come on. <laughs> My God. But yeah, so do that. Subscribe. Whilst you're there, give us a little rating. Five stars, a like, a tick, all that kind of stuff. Even write us a little review if you want. Nobody can see me, but I'm kind of tapping out on an imaginary typewriter like I'm on the end of Murder, She Wrote. Like... <laughs> But yeah, if you want to write us a little review, we'd love that. It'd be great. But and that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell their friends. Tell your family. Tell their family. Mm. Tell your grandparents. They'll love write us. Write a little note and leave it on a car parked outside your house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If anyone wants to take like a like a newspaper article out for us, that'd be yeah, really yeah. nice. Um, <laughs> yes. Please check out another slice. Another slice. Another slice. Another slice. Dot com forward slash unequal sequel. There's already two extras two of two sequels, so I have to get the wording right, <laughs> of Jamal and Boyd with their extra chats. I've got some crazy ideas that Rich is going to fucking hate, but he's going to love doing them. <laughs> or is it the wrong way around? He's going to love doing them, but he's going to fucking hate Yeah, them. which way? Either way. I'm going to complain. He's going to love it. And then I'm going to actually actually <laughs> enjoy it when we do it. <laughs> it's going to be fun. So I've got nothing else to say from me. Uh, Rich, you got anything to no, say? That's it. All done. Okay, it's a it is a Georgine from me. Ooh. That's Cantonese for goodbye, apparently. Very nice. And a bye bye from him. Bye. See you next week. It's gonna be a good one. Let's just blast through it, and hopefully we're all healthy by that point. Yay! Please God. <laughs> See you later. Bye bye. Feel like shit. Do you feel like shit? Yeah. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Oh God. It's gonna be okay. 